episode of Bounty Board. Everyone who's watching, sorry if you couldn't hear my audio before. It looked like I was talking, and you couldn't just you just couldn't hear anything. Uh, it's August twenty third. It's a Friday. Uh, it's eleven oh eight here in uh, the 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 Midwest. Eric, you're in the Midwest too, right? I mean, I'm not in the Midwest. I'm in Texas. You're in the Central Time Zone, is what I meant. I'm in Texas. Don't lump me in with the Midwest. Ugh, no one <laughs> wants to get lumped in with the Midwest. Literally, no one wants to get lumped in in the Midwest. Anyway, uh, we're in the middle of Gamescom, right? Gamescom still got a couple days. Yeah. Uh, maybe one more day. Yeah. And then we also have PAX Prime, PAX West coming up here next weekend, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the season of games starts. Spider Man's like. 14 days away it is upon us spider-man and then i was watching uh you know i was watching an interview with uh the infamous or famous depending on your love for destiny uh dj uh over there their community manager and yeah yeah every time you know i see something or watch that guy talk it kind of gives me a little bit a little bit of itch to say you know yeah maybe i'll hop back in and then and then i walk away from my computer and i think about it and i go no it's destiny not happening Interesting. See, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I guess, too optimistic, and I'm, I'm gonna give Forsaken a chance, just because I know that they, they, they did a lot of work to get, you know, the community involved in giving them feedback for how to improve it, and they said that this is where it's all gonna come to fruition. So I want to see so if they I, actually listen. I may give this it is a, like their their last last chance, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I said that two chances ago. Um, oh, I said that right before Taken King, so don't get me wrong. Yeah. They've, they've, earned, they've gotten more chances than they've, I think they've earned. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm going to wait for, to see the Discord group, um, what, what they say, and then, you know, of course. Oh, that, so unreliable. They're completely biased, <laughs> and then I'm going to go get some unbiased opinions, uh, and I'm going to let it, uh, I'm going to let it ride. I don't know um, how I how i feel i I don't know if i want to drop the 60 dollars on or however much it is for the expansion yeah Um, it's not an expansion price that's for damn sure yeah which i understand why it's cost that much from the business standpoint but it's like you know guys you've 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 promised the world so many times and then not delivered and now you're promising the world again for what feels like Square Enix did with the original lease or between the original release of Final Fantasy 14 and the re-release where it was a new game. And I got to see, is it actually a new game? Uh, yeah, we'll see. Right. Before I, a... before I, but by the time <clears throat> I get into that and I see what people are doing and watch some streams and, you know, watching people having fun with it, it's going to be, you know, fours is going to be out. Um, Forza is yeah, going to be out. A, and then it's, it's going to have be... a lot to compete with. And, and it, it, it gets, it gets hot quick. Right. Yeah. Like it's not it's not like they're going to have like a month and a half to, to give people a chance to figure out if they like it. They've got about two weeks. Yeah. And it's not um, it's not hot. Yeah. I mean, it is smoldering with the amount of releases. Yeah. And I was watching all the stuff out of Gamescom. I made a point to watch the, you know, the three games. Uh, not much on Red Dead, but, you know, it's uh, coming out of Gamescom. But Battlefield Five, there was plenty to watch. Lots. Um, yep. You know, we've got the, the open beta coming uh, first week of September. September sixth. Um, yep. Yeah, September fourth. If you did the pre-order. Um, yep. So I'm I'm gonna probably pre-order that next week, uh, just to check it off the list. Uh, and then I watched a bunch of Darksiders three gameplay. Um, all oh, about yeah. all about uh, all about that fury. I was excited to see in this gameplay that war and death actually make an appearance as NPCs in the game. Um, nice. So there's a com- conversation between the three, which makes me super excited. 
uh, for the next installment. When are we going to see Strife? Yeah, when we see, hopefully we see Strife in this game at some point. Uh, and then I'm super excited for what that game holds. Um, yeah, I'm excited for uh, the possibility that it sells well enough that a sequel will be a no-doubter instead of it selling mediocrely and us being like, man, I hope THQ Nordic sticks with it. Nah, I think I think they um, will. I think... Uh, I think the fourth, the fourth one of those games is the third. All, all of them have done well for what they are. They set real. Uh, THQ Nordic is good at setting expectations for, you know, game sales. I don't think they're overextending themselves with marketing yeah. and, you know, budgeting and setting unrealistic expectations. Um, from what I've seen, I think there's enough love of the second game, uh, and I think that the re-releases of both of them, the enhanced versions, and then them fe- being featured on Game Pass now has kind of spoken to that uh, a little bit. Um, yeah absolutely you know chat uh, chat's given us no love for destiny though uh for those of you listening to the uh the audio only version uh not liking it yeah no the the one of the comments was that after about three weeks of destiny 2's release that was that was it yeah. and they didn't come back and i wasn't that fast i got three characters to max level and did a bunch of end game shit so i probably played it until like it was the Osiris January? expansion that uh, it was the Osiris expansion that lost me. Um, what was the first one? I don't. I, it's not even that. I don't even remember. Um, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that that's a good the good sign that the game didn't stick when you right. don't remember the name of the first expansion. Right. Osiris and. Oh no, Osiris was the first one. Rasputin, the War Mind, was the second one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's yeah. Well, this isn't but this this podcast isn't about Destiny this week. That's okay. Uh, we did talk about games getting second chances though, and maybe Destiny maybe is about yeah. to have their yeah we'll their see. second 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 chance. Uh, but you know we'll see. I lost but count. I lost count of the seconds there. Yeah, I, think, as I, think I you... wasn't even counting. I just kept saying them because I knew I wouldn't run out of seconds before you know I made my point. I think you're at like five, so. I mean, that's a lot. Quintuple chance. Yeah, they're they're quintupleth. Yeah, that's it's a dumbass word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Destiny was a game that we could have talked a little bit more about on our second chances podcast, but you know, it's it's yet to get it. I think we'll see it. You know, the, and yeah, there's, there's just too much coming out. We got a bunch. You know, Gamescom. Even though there wasn't a lot of new announcements out of Microsoft, you know, we were expecting to see. I was expecting to see the uh, Elite Controller 2.0. Um, I didn't see yeah, that. weird that that didn't happen. No, that's fine. I mean, uh, PAX West, uh, I think, would be a good. Um, I think. What's well, that? It's in their. It's in their yeah, hometown. It's, it's right so. in their backyard, and they only they didn't do a press conference, right? They just did a live stream um, from around the from around yeah. the com- from around uh, Gamescom. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which I think is always cool. It's a little bit weird the way some of those things get forced, but we got. I'll tell you what we did get. We got a really good look at Sekiro. Um, Yes. Uh, whatever, die twice. Shadows Shadow die twice. twice. Holy shit, that game looks uh, just amazing. I haven't, I haven't played a From Software game. I haven't played any of the Dark Souls or Bloodborne. So the interesting thing is, everybody that played it said they had to like erase everything that they learned yep. from Bloodborne yep. uh, and from the Dark Souls game because it is, it is a very much a where those games are set up on dodging and countering. Uh, this game looks much, much more on you are the one initiating it because you are hell bent on killing everything in your path uh type of game yeah. which i think is awesome less lot- defensive more offensive yeah i was excited to see some of the stealth engine some of the stealth elements um mm-hmm. that they showed off mm-hmm. uh so at least you can 
kind of ninja it up uh, a little bit, which looks cool. Um, yeah, like yeah. Tyler Blevins it up, or yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, not Tyler <laughs> Blevins it up, like actual, you know, actual ninja. Wait, he's not a real ninja. Ah, uh, maybe. I'm confused now. He might be. What if he is? <laughs> like, let's stop for a second. He just what appears. He, he appears behind yeah. both of us simultaneously, Naruto style. Ooh, God, that would be awesome. Yeah. For like a split, I'd be like, oh my god, and then obviously we would die. So we'd either you know, die or we... he'd just disappear. I'm, I'm going. I'm hoping for the latter. Um... Yeah, the latter <laughs> would be the the one we would we I would put my my money into. Uh, but we've done a lot of uh, chatting. Let's move into the news. What do you think about that? All right, I thought that's what we cool. were doing. Well, I mean, we were. We got distracted. <laughs> we talked. We got distracted talking about Destiny. So I guess to carry over, it's called a segue, my friends. Oh, Destiny 2's Forsaken raid. So Destiny Two Forsaken's raid will go live the week after the expansion's launch, which isn't Makes out sense. of character for them. Mm-hmm. They give they normally give the game, give players about a week to get through the story and such to, to launch the raid, so people don't you know see this thing that's at the end of a rope they can't reach. Well, yeah, you got to get the light um, level too. You know, it's not, it's kind of worthless to jump, have a yep. raid there that when you don't even have a player base that can uh, achieve it. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's going to be the biggest raid they've ever, they've ever had. Um, the new raid takes place in the dreaming, the mysterious dreaming city. Um, it will be released September 14th at 1 PM Eastern daylight time. So for people in central, that is noon and for people on the West coast, that is 10. That's such a weird Final Fantasy-esque name for <laughs> Oh, Dreaming City? Yeah, absolutely. That's a it's a really non-characteristic yeah. name for Destiny. But I'm down with it, whatever. But it's it's cool. With that, you know, this is supposed to be the non-characteristic expansion, uh, you know. Um Yeah, exactly. They're just leaning into it at this point. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um this uh the article I'm reading from is from Polygon, written by Ryan Gilliam. Um, last thing I'll read from it is that the senior raid designer, Joe Blackburn, said that players are going to need more than the usual three days to prepare and that the team at Bungie wanted to be sure the community had an opportunity to experience the full expansion before slamming into the hardest content. All right. Yeah. So there's rumors all around that. If you're a Destiny fan, if you're steeped in the lore, as they say, there's uh, some rumors going around that you might be fighting an actual Ahamkara which are like these giant dragons that are discussed in the games and there's armor based on their bones, but they you've never seen one cause they've been dead for a long time. Yep. There's a lot of stuff cycling around. It'll be interesting to see what actually happens. Moving on with news. Um, this one, most of the stuff's from Polygon. Sorry. It's just the site that has their news easiest to access. This one from Polygon Truth. written by ONS. Good. Um, Rocket League's progression update launches next week. So there's going to be overhauls and it's going to it's going to overhaul XP, remove the level cap and rocket pass will follow a week later. That's exciting. That is so, exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this will this this uh, the update for the progression system and XP will roll out to all platforms on August 29th. One week later, the introduction of rocket pass, both the XP and the system. Wait, sorry, both the new XP system and the nine 99 rocket pass were announced in june as coming but now we have dates for them uh, do you do you play much rocket league no um it's shame on you yeah i know i'm 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 a, I'm a bad i'm a bad person i'm a bad person um uh i 
play it every now and then with you guys. Uh, sorry, I got a text right when that came in and it distracted me. Um, hopefully that didn't come through on the audio. But um, I I enjoy it. I just I have never put enough time in it to get good at it, which that's the type of game that you have to. Yep. You can't just pick up and play like shooters are for me. I can pick them up and play them. And, you know, the basic mechanics are left trigger, right trigger, or, you know, left, uh, right mouse button, left mouse button. And, you know, right. uh, that game has a whole three-dimensional aspect that my old ass brain just doesn't get around and i just i don't have the time to practice to be on the level that you know you are and then the, uh, a couple of the other guys oh. that we play with um oh, i'm touched uh, thank you I, I just i dig it i like watching it and i think that we'll get back to that in uh our topic for the night because i think that's going to come that game specifically is going to come up a lot um yes yes it will but uh yeah i think I, I love watching it because it is intense and it is fun to watch. And just knowing the mechanics of that game, it's like, oh, holy shit, how did that guy pull that off um, yeah. in that style? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, I've been playing for a long time and there's a lot of stuff I see that I'm like, man, why can't I figure that out? <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, it's so much. It's it's a lot of practice. It's the only one of the only games that like genuinely needs you to practice on your own. Yeah, because doing it in a game like there's just not enough situations where you will, you know, get a chance to try it. Mm-hmm. And even if you get two or three, that's not practice, right? That's like, oh, I'm going to try it. Oh, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try this different thing because of the two things I failed. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's not enough. And I've seen guys, I've watched streams of guys that like for three hours of their stream, they're just in the training arena, just practicing yeah they're just you know kicking Um, the ball around launching the ball just like you would watch an actual athlete train Um, exactly uh, it's uh it's amazing i think i probably should have read this last because it's a good transition (laughs) it is a good transition but we'll come we'll come back to it (laughs) we'll come back to it um next news article also out of polygon last one i promise um by michael mcwerter this one is that assassin's creed skipping next year did you hear about this i did i think that's great yeah so uh eves guillermo the uh, CEO of uh, Ubisoft said, we're not going to have a full-fledged assassin next, Assassins next year uh, and explained that instead the publisher will focus its efforts on developing new content for Odyssey, which is scheduled for release on October 5th. Can't mm-hmm. wait. What this sounds like to me and what I've heard from some other people talking around GDC and Ubisoft uh, execs talking is that they're going to try and support Odyssey with two years worth of content, nice. which is fucking bananas i don't know how they're gonna do it i don't know if that's exactly what they mean when they say that they're just gonna focus their efforts on developing new content for odyssey but it does seem like that's one of the only conclusions someone can draw well i think um, if any time period has the content to support it uh sure it is that right? you could fight time period so I mean, many you can go things. uh i mean depending on where you launch into that the exact year i mean you could go uh i mean just you could go to sparta you could go i mean it's just the amount of stories and history and mythical lore that they have there especially if they end up doing something like they did in uh origins where you're going and like fighting the gods uh yeah fighting the mythical so many things they could do so many uh, (laughs) assassin's creed god of war yeah so many things that you can do um yeah and but that's my one fear for that right is how much is that going to play out because we've already done that Right, we've already slayed all of them, uh, yeah, hundred times. Yeah. So we'll see. But I think it's smart of Ubisoft to take a year off. I think that did wonders, wonders for uh, this franchise with Origins. Um, yeah, Origins was outstanding. Yeah, because that game came back and it kind of reinvigorated my 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 
dormant love uh, for that franchise. Yeah. We how much how many uh, how many hours did you sink into Origins? Um, I mean, probably a hundred, hundred and twenty. I'd have to go back and look, yeah. but yeah, it was definitely definitely in the three figure mark. That's a lot of time to throw into an Assassin's Creed, which like those are games that have pretty historically been like twenty five to thirty hour games yep. if you just do stuff. I mean, I've always played them a little bit uh, to the point of of nausea. Uh, I did everything in black flag because that game was fucking outstanding which fun fact for anybody who didn't know <laughs> black flag and origins were made by the same creative director yep so if the next assassin's creed is done by ashraf ismail yeah it's gonna be good hopefully they're keeping that that dude around because yeah i don't think ash is gonna have to worry about his job anytime no. soon yeah he's uh he's good i like how you refer to him as uh as ash yeah a lot of people a lot of people do it i don't do it because i know him personally or anything i just do it because like when i listen to podcasts that he's on that's that's how he that's how that's he, what he answers that's to. how he likes to be referred to as ash yeah yeah ash. yeah man uh and then we're gonna move on to the last news part news article this one from mashable written by kellen beck microsoft reportedly to offer xbox one consoles and services as a subscription this is one of the most interesting things. Mm-hmm. So they're quoting Verge. So I'm quoting Mashable, who's quoting The Verge. But you you get the point. I get the point. According to Verge, per Mashable, the Xbox All Access subscription for an Xbox One X, the more expensive of the Xbox lineup, would be $35 a month for two years. Mm-hmm. And an Xbox One S would be $22 a month. So essentially, what we're seeing is you would get a year's worth of Xbox Live, a year's worth of Game Pass, and a system. Work that out over two years, and you're essentially doing the same thing we do right now with cell phones. You're financing your phone. You're financing your Xbox and the experience. Yep. So after 24 months, it seems uh, people have done the math. It says that you'd save about $3 each month with Xbox All Access as opposed to just buying it and paying for the, the two subscriptions. Which like it's not a ton, but like, yeah. The, the the one thing that scares the shit out of me in that in that deal is just the subscription future that we're already living in, right? I mean, it's now becoming to the point where I mean, you've got a subscription that delivers groceries, you've got a subscription that you listen to music on. You know, it's just getting to the point where you know, uh, you know, and I know that you know, I you know, my wife and I sit down uh, at the first of the month and we you know we rake through the budget. We take care yeah. of it, and we have a we have a bucket of dollars that is subscriptions, right? And so that bucket, um, you know, and I know that's the where where we're going to in the cloud. But the thing that scares the shit out of me a little bit more there is now all of a sudden you're if you get one of these systems, how is the financing going to work? Are they going to lock you into a contract? And the scarier thing is is once the carriers pick up on this and they say, oh, you want to get on an Xbox. You come over to us, you know, and we'll give you internet in that bundled price for a two-year contract. And you know, it's yeah. just, it's it's a it's it's kind of a scary future environment. If you know, uh, you know, we'll have to see how it plans out. But I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Do I think it's a smart move to get more people into the ecosystem and give them a way to do it? Um, sure. I'm just of the firm mindset that you know, if you don't have the cash to buy it, don't go and you know, spend, you know, be taking dollars out of your bank account every month, you know, to, yeah. to get something. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I think that like, when you think about the fact that 
this is I don't know, man. I think it's I think it's one of those things that we'll see just like phones where there's a good portion of people that finance them. There's also a good portion of people that just buy their phone. Yeah. And so I don't think this is going to exactly like sweepingly, you know, take over the market and how it works. But I do think it's a good way to get people that don't have the ability normally to put together, you know. Yeah, it's roughly a grand. 500. Yeah, like a grand over two years, right? Um, all the, uh, is it though? No. Well, if you think it, about it, it the, the initial investment, let's, okay. So if you think about it, you're buying your kid a system for Christmas, right? You go to the store, you got three, 400 bucks. Yeah. You got $400 on the unit itself that comes with one controller. Well, you got two kids. Now you got to buy another controller at 60 to a hundred dollars. Um, yeah, you got, and, games and then and you got to buy a couple games and then you've got the Xbox live subscription or the PlayStation plus subscription. Cause you know, you can't access any of the content without that subscription. Um, yeah. So no, that's a good point. It, it becomes a good point. An it's a lot of money. Yeah, it becomes an interesting thing. And does it alleviate that upfront cost and lower the barrier to entry? Sure, it does. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I again, you know, like I said, it's just personal preference. It's just one of those things where, in a time where I think, and this is more of a cultural, you know, reference where I think, you know, p- kids are coming up not understanding, and I'm decisively old school in this and showing my age a little bit, where they don't respect the value for of a dollar gives them a way to find another thing to take money out of their pocket that they could be putting somewhere. And I'm not advocating that don't play games and don't buy a system. If you have it, I just think it's a, it's a slippery slope to dance on um, from a cultural standpoint. What do you, so how do you think they would enforce? So I just realized while you were talking, I don't know what happened if I were to stop paying my phone bill. Uh, Jude law would show up repo man style and (laughs) take it from you. I hope it's not in my back pocket. He's yeah. gonna cut my butt off. He's gonna he's gonna take a kidney uh, while he's there. Sorry to bring that movie was that's, ridiculous. That's dark. It it's is real dark. But, real dark. Yeah. It, no, but be... like if I were to stop paying the phone portion of my bill, right, or just stop paying it all together, if I'm financing that phone, like technically, I if you stop paying for it, obviously that's illegal, and like there's there's obviously like ways law enforcement can get involved, but in the specific circumstances of this, like Xbox system that they're talking about, not like the physical console, but like the the plan of action they're talking about implementing, how would you prevent people from just like taking home an Xbox and then buying Xbox Live? Well, I think that becomes a question of, you know, the second that IP comes online, you know, it is blocked. It's locked. Yeah, it's locked. It's locked from the, yeah, it's locked from the server or there's some sort of kill on the console that just shuts it down until you pay your, you know, I mean, that's what I was getting at. It's very kind of, you know, yeah, that sounds, that sounds, it's very, good. very Orwellian, you know, 1984 esque on <laughs> right. the control that we're, uh, the control that we sometimes give up. And I don't want to take this uh, down the, uh, the, the, the black helicopters theory, but you know, there's a lot of looking down <laughs> and not seeing what's going on around you. And I think this is just another, uh yeah another connection to that uh to that dystopian future sure i put a hoodie on because i had my windows open and it's like 60 in st louis right now it's like 50 degrees Ooh. um but i had to shut my windows because the crickets were so fucking loud now i'm hot it's so i have uh, to take off my hoodie and you have to see that i'm still wearing a shirt with an apple logo on it but it's all right it's okay i don't think that's but yeah it's it's nice outside it's 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 just oh it's amazing outside. You can uh in the hot I love the hot. 
I love the hot down here. The 60's too cold for me. I'd be bundled up in a hoodie. Woof. That you are you are a fortunate flower, my that's, friend. That's that's because... why I live in one of the hottest states in the oh, union. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love hot. But I also like to be able to wear my hoodies and my and my jeans without walking outside and turning into a sweaty bratwurst. Right. I also have the distinct advantage of, you know, working from home, you know, blessed enough to, for that to be a reality. So this is my this is my work outfit. So I don't have to do much. And for those of you who can't see my lower body and I'll describe it, I have a pair of gray athletic shorts on. So Oh, I thought you were gonna describe like the physical yep, yep, yep. shape. Yep. <laughs> for those of you who can't see the, my, the lower half of my body, let me describe it for you. Two toothpicks. It's very muscular. <laughs> Uh, sure, say it all you want. You're probably wearing boxers right now just because, like, you know, like a newscaster, you've got the upper half made up and the bottom half's just, I don't give a fuck. I actually don't have pants on at all. I feel so emotionally confused about that. <laughs> all right, moving on. Let's get into it. Moving on. So we've gotten through the news. We talked about Rocket League a little bit earlier, and Eric, you said that it would be brought back up in this conversation. Yep. Why is that? What are we going to be talking about? Because we are, if uh, you're playing the at-home game and you've checked out the stream because of the title of it, we are sporting it e-style tonight and talking about esports. Um and everything about it. And I think Rocket League is one of those games that. Why isn't it bigger? It is not that. Why is it bigger? But I think Rocket League is one of those games that we're going to see over the next you know couple of years become a staple in the history books of the transition to the esports world and its rise because it is a team-based sport that already relates to. Um, uh, that already relates to a very like actual game. sports watchers. A, yeah, very actual sports watchers. Ooh, you can, can I redact that statement? Nope, I don't I mean it. actual sports. I meant physical sport. You know what I meant? Yeah. No. Esports uh, are actual sports too. Yeah. But yeah I mean there's, like there's yeah there's a relation there, and, it, and that's an interesting topic that comes up long. And there was a uh, there was a real sports uh, that show on HBO with Bryant Gumble, and I you know I I'm yeah. not it. I'm not a huge sports guy outside of my bubble, like I, because I grew up playing lacrosse, so that's still, you know, kind of a, you know, it's that's got a weird space uh, in this country still, um, yep. and on the world stage, uh, you know, I, I enjoy football for what it is. I'm not the biggest football fan. I enjoy baseball. Um, Hang on, correction: American football or football? Both. Um, Which one do you like more? Because it's gonna, uh, it, it'll impact our friendship. Football. Um, Wait, which one? <laughs> I'm just You're gonna, an asshole. I'm just going to leave it at football. Uh, okay, well, that's good. Uh, I like soccer more than I do American football. Um, oh, okay. There we so go. do I. So do I. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> with that said, I think Rocket League is one of those esports um, that bridges that gap very nice. It's very easy to announce for it. It's very easy for somebody to listen to and pick up what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, understand the team dynamic. Now, there's a couple of rule sets and things like that. But the other thing about it that esports lacks a lot of times, especially when you're, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'll, sometimes I'll turn Twitch on, you know, while I'm folding laundry or doing, you know, cleaning the house uh, and watch whatever competition's there. And, you know, my wife's like, I don't understand how you watch it. Um, where that, bro, that, because yeah, it's great. But that's most of the time I'm watching like a League of Legends or a Smite or a, I'm watching a, a game that I understand the meta and we'll talk about those. 
from an economic standpoint. But I think Rocket League is very simple to understand, and it's got that excitement factor that games like Dota League, they don't have for the common audience. Like when somebody makes a hell of a play and you see it set up, it's yeah, like, no, oh, it shit. makes sense like instantly. It's like three touches, goal, fireworks are going off, cars are flying all over the damn arena. Um, and then you're sitting there going, oh, holy shit, that was awesome. Um, yeah. No, that's one of the things that I realized in watching the Overwatch League championships is that like, I loved it because I got it. Right. But if you walked into that, you would probably just be like, nope, this doesn't make sense. Gotta go. Yeah. If, the, if... the shoutcasters are, moving, are talking so fast. There's fucking 10 screens to figure out like what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like you have to look at all of them at once, but if they're switching between panels, it's hard to follow that shit. The colors are confusing. But when you're watching Rocket League, it's one on one, two on two, three on three. And like it plays like a sport because it is. It's yep. just FIFA with cars. It's just soccer with cars. And so I'm a little confused why Rocket League hasn't been bigger in esports already, just because it seems like it has such an easy transition from tournaments that are little, a little bit niche and not a ton of people get into to like being on ESPN and people watching, you know, the Rocket League National or the Rocket League World Championships on big screens at Buffalo Wild Wings. Like I would do that. Yeah. That's my dream. That's my dream to someday go get a, 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 basket of 20 wings and fries and just sit and watch rocket league drinking a beer at a bar like that sounds amazing to me so why hasn't that happened well i mean i think we're getting there right we're seeing you know and i live in you know i live in austin which is a very progressive town in texas um you know for those of you uh outside of it but yeah it's austin austin and houston are the ones that care (laughs) yeah i was sitting around uh i was sitting around with some buddies and you know uh talking about uh what i was out to i was actually out at a a networking event for my real life job and i ended up meeting a guy uh here in town um that is uh you know friends with somebody uh that is actually seeking investors to open uh this a bar in town that they're going to call wrecked sports esports bar um r-e-k-t and that is that's going to be the whole premise of the bar so i think as we start growing and, you know, if you watch CNBC or, you know, NBC uh, financial or pay attention to any of these things, like that is what everybody is watching right now is the it esports is. market. You've got, you know, guys like Mark Cuban get into it. You've got Rick Fox uh, with uh, Echo Fox, uh, you know, well, he, he owns, has his own he, team. He owns that team. And then you've got this. The nice thing about an esports team is all you need is a group of guys and the willingness to do it, right? There's no barrier to entry. There's yeah. no training camps. There's no, um, there's no, uh, you know, you got to get, uh, you know, a college recruiter's eyes. You got to get YouTube videos and such like that. If you have the will to play an e-sport and you are good at the game, everything you need is right there in the palms of your hands, whether it's a controller yeah. or right there with a mouse and keyboard. And you get online and you climb those leaderboards and you're going to get, you know, some recognition. And then you start streaming, uh, or putting that out there. So I think as it gets better, uh, it's going to, uh, it's going to be very interesting over the next couple of years. And I was watching, I can't remember what the newscast was, uh, or who the sports announcer's name was. Um, but it was one of the financial shows. I think it was money talk. Um, and the guy was an ex sports announcer and he was talking about how that is the biggest thing to watch over the next five years, because the investment opportunity is just insane in all facets of it, the services side, yeah. 
the talent uh, and agency side, uh, the announcing side. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that's just going to drive um, the economy in a new way uh, and is open to everyone, right? Uh, you, do, you know, if, yeah. you, if you can't bench press your body weight, um, get outside more, do some push-ups. Um, but then, you know, just to make sure you're physically healthy, but you're able to compete in an arena where you're playing a 400-pound dude. The interesting sure. thing to me is the esports that everybody's paying attention to and are the biggest esports in the world have nothing to do with the real sports, right? Like, I don't yeah. see nearly no, that's as why, that's that the funny thing. Yeah, the, I, uh, not, and when I say real sports, I mean like the sports quote unquote simulation games, the Maddens, the FIFAs. You know, I don't see nearly as much coverage on those world championships, which you think would be a relatively low hanging fruit. Um, for the ESPN, I think that guys. they're not popular because they're low hanging fruit, right? Like, why watch someone play video game football when like actual football season's a month and a half away? Right. Uh, I think that yeah, that's a great point. I just think for somebody like an ESPN to pick something up, it's a much easier transition to take that, and you've got much uh, a much bigger hype potential around sure. those types of games because then you bring the real athletes in you know, to, to create hype and to create, you know, buzz around it. Um, but you're seeing like overwatch, you're seeing the, the Dota's and the leagues, uh, the rocket leagues, the CS championships, the PUBGs get yep. the play See, on the front. And lines. I think that, yeah. And I think those games would be a lot easier to parse if they figured out how to more adequately like present them. Right. Well, I agree. Um, and that goes back like to your, one of the, that goes back to Go your point about e the the Overwatch championships, right? Is it's right? Um, it's it's so hard uh, for somebody to walk into that, and you know we t we touched on. It, I think it was a couple episodes ago. Um, we briefly touched on the subject, but it's one of those things where if you were, uh, you know, somebody who doesn't play video games, and you go out to one of these events because you know friends going or maybe somebody you're dating is going, and they say, "Hey, we're gonna go do this. It'll be fun." You're watching these things and you, you, I mean, your brain is overloading because you're not sure what's going on. There's a meta there, yeah. uh, which I think is an interesting, you know, as technology becomes better, we're going to see uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of improvements in that spectating world. And as people start getting better at casting those types of things, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, before we get too far into just talking about, Rocket League specifically, and like only for this entire podcast, which I'm totally okay with. But you know, we, I did want to branch out. Um, before we kept going, though, I did want to bring up um, an article. This isn't news, but it's something I think that's worth uh, reading through. Did you uh, did you read any Waypoint at all? Uh, I do. I did not. See, did I don't see, think I saw the article you're talking about, though. Did you see the article by Patrick Klepek about um, Duncan Shields? No. The, Esports guy that does Counter Strike. Mm -mm. Um, so this is probably part of a bigger conversation that um, we can have a part of here, um, and, and we can probably go into further depth, you know, later. But essentially, Klepek w did a very little amount of digging because you don't have to do much. Um, that was prompted by this guy Duncan Thorin Shields coming to Alex Jones's defense after being removed from all. Like uh, what was it? iTunes, YouTube, right? Net, not Netflix. <laughs> There's no way. 
anyway, this dude came to his defense and uh, he was like, interesting. What does this guy think about other things? And found just a litany of like racist, sexist, just bad stuff, just bad stuff. Um, and the reason I felt like bringing that up is I think it's something that's kind of plaguing esports in a way that not many people see. And that's that like people don't take it seriously enough and some people take it way too seriously but the people that have a hard time taking esports seriously i think see this shit and go oh well it's just gamers uh, yeah and i think that's unfortunate right because the same type of shit goes on in the nfl mm-hmm. it goes on in 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 every major sport the difference is is these esports guys they don't have pr people you know, unless they're on a team, right? They don't have PR people watching their backs. Um, they right. don't have they don't have a team of handlers and fixers, um, you know, that make shit go away uh, for them. No, these guys just say something on Twitter, and then there's no one to tell them like, "Yo, oh, you should shut the fuck up." Yeah, and so they just keep going. Yeah, and they just keep <laughs> and going. Just, and, and, yeah, and they dig their own grave. And I think that's you know that's something that is a growing pain, right? And it's getting harder and harder and harder. Um, you know, and yeah, if, games are in their games are in their teenage years right now, yeah, right? If, Where, you know, when you before before your kids a teen, you do everything you can to love them, and then when they become a teenager, they do everything they can to make sure you can't love them. <laughs> yeah, and then and then when they get to their early twenties, they just do a real a bunch of really stupid shit. So I think you know there, that's a totally much like you said, it's a much deeper conversation. I don't know if we want to you know go walk down this path. I think it's it's a dangerous slope of the mob mentality taking over that is that is social media these days like you make one wrong step on social media you're going to get crucified by the mob regardless of what your intention is and then all of a sudden because you've chosen to live in a public life uh and have any type of spotlight you're immediately scrutinized uh and that's something i mean no generation has had to grow up with before you know yeah it's no it's 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 and it's such a it's social media is in such a weird place right now because they 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 keep all these services keep pointing back to well we ban this person because it's against terms of service right well it is but your whole platform is based around sharing ideas and commonalities and finding groups that you like Uh, and we talked about the echo chamber a while ago and i don't want to get back into that um but i think it's it's again i'll point right back to 1984 right um it's a very very orwellian future where a few things are controlled and how the message gets out is dictated. Um, uh, do I agree? But it wasn't the government, though. It, no, was not, Apple. I, it was Apple. Right, I agree. And that, I, the think, government. I understand. But that's even more dangerous because now you have private institution dictating flow of culture, um, which is, you know, I mean, shit. Blade Runner. <laughs> I was trying to find a pop culture reference where one company runs everything. Uh, and that was the first one that popped into my head. Uh, the Tyrell yeah. Corporation. Yeah, or Wayland yutani from yeah. the Alien Universe. Exactly. You get these mega corporations that control all messaging and, you know, the stuff like that. But I don't want to walk down this path. I think it's it's something that will evolve and grow up um, as esports gets better and it gets more inclusive. I think esports has a much, uh, you know, and we're always going to have bad apples in every bunch no matter how you look at it. Um, but Ooh, I think... can I can I challenge you on that real quick? Yes. 
by all means. Don't don't use the phrase bad apples. Why? It, it's a pet peeve of mine because okay. the actual quote ah. is that a few bad apples spoils the bunch. So when people are like, it's a few bad apples, I'm always like, yeah, you need to fucking get rid of them because like bad, a few bad apples makes everything bad. Right. That's the actual quote. Right. Sorry, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm an English major if people right. didn't already know. So right. when people say use English. <laughs> no, no, I get it. it. Yeah, but yeah. my my point it's a is, is that's it. My point is, is I think you're saying it's a vocal minority. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a it's, it's a, a few bad actors. Yeah, it's a it's a vocal minority that usually gets the most attention, which is unfortunate. But if you look at gaming as a community and as a whole, right, the vast overwhelming majority of gamers are not as toxic as everybody says they are. Yes, there is a shit ton of toxicity, and there is an awful. Uh, you know, uh, you know, when you look at the the pains that female streamers and female gamers still go through uh, on the competition landscape, like I'm waiting for yeah. the day. I, I want to see the first all woman's team um, go into yeah. one of these championships or a mixed team. There's no reason for it. Right. The proclivity is still, though, that, you know, because of the culture, once you you know, once you find out that there's a woman on the other end, it just becomes this open gate of. Oh well, I'm just gonna talk shit to this person in the most demeaning oh, way possible. Oh, it's so bad. And it's, it's just, so bad. Um, and it's 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 awful. But I think once we start breaking that barrier down a little bit, um, you know, and we start seeing those teams rise up because they are out there, um, that's gonna wash away a little bit. And I don't think that the, the, that's an interesting topic, an interesting point on esports too. Is I was uh, I don't remember what I think I was on Reddit where I was reading a conversation thread about should there be separate leagues. Um, for like a women's Overwatch yeah, league like and a, a women's Overwatch and a male's Overwatch league, and I was thinking there, and I was thinking about it, and I was no. going, no, absolutely not. Um, no, not at all. No, because that's it, it's there. If there's any sports league, um, where that is achievable, I think it is um absolutely Equality. esports. It's esports yeah, because it's absolutely. no, it's it's not about physical strength; it's about virtual strength. Um, you know, and your will to succeed and practice and get good at it, which everybody has that capacity if they want to work for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry that I made the, the, the beginning part of our conversation about esports veer into the political spectrum. It's just something that, no, I, I, you know, I, it's going around a lot. As this topic, as I was thinking about this topic, since we started talking about it on uh, Monday or Tuesday, whenever we brought it up, I had a feeling this is exactly where the conversation was going to lead, right? Is yeah. it when you talk about these types of things, it's inevitable that you get into this because sports, no matter how you look at it, is very political in its in of its nature, right? Look at everything that's going on in the NFL right now. You know, um, sure. Look at everything yeah. that's going on with uh, just sports in general, right? Uh, and in the country, and I think that boils over to uh, the esports arena. And esports is not immune from it. It's not a utopian future where everybody gets along and everybody's happy. Um, sports breeds competition. And I think going back to your original point that got us on this rant is do people um, – and now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, I was uh, like do people, do, people ex do people look and take esports seriously right now? No, they don't because every now and then the only news that gets play and the only things that get reporting – is a bunch of assholes are, are the are the assholes right that the guys yeah. that have a bunch of they, they tweet a bunch of dumb shit they look at a bunch of dumb shit that just doesn't have a place anymore in the world um yeah 
as far as I'm concerned, you know, but ultimately is that going to go away? I think as more organizations form, I I'm looking at esports right now as wrestling in the seventies, right? If you think yeah. about it, there was a, in the early, late sixties, early seventies, there was all these different divisions, right? Uh, and I was watching, I don't know if you haven't watched it yet. The Andre, the document, the Andre, the giant documentary that HBO did. I haven't Absol- watched it yet. No. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and you should go watch oh, yeah. it, but it was really interesting to watch this guy who would literally clean up and just go from region, from wrestling region to wrestling region and just become and just sell out stadiums because all of a sudden there is this beast of a man that by all accounts and purposes should have never existed. Um, Anybody want the peanut? Yep. Fezzik. Uh, <laughs> Fezzik. Uh, oh, man. But, you know, and he would watch that. And I think that's where we are with esports right now because there is no centralized governing body that's giving you a rule set and moniker of way for people's to act. Um, you know, and no, there's not, you know, there is, there is, there is Evo and then there is all these fragmented tournaments. And I'm not saying those are bad things, but there's no over, there's no overarching body of overarching governing body that's saying, Hey, in order for you to have a team, your team must adhere to these standards. Your team must adhere to this. You hear all types of horror stories about guys who are on esports teams that are just, you know, not doing that. I think Rick Fox does it best because he was. I was watching an interview with the Echo Fox guys, and they were talking about how Rick makes them, uh, or it's a requirement that they get up and exercise. That's the first before they even start sure. playing. They've got to get up and exercise, yep. uh, and they're all yeah. bought into that mindset. I think that comes from an owner having that background, right? That Rick Fox has not all the esports owners have that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think as we start to, as this industry starts to mature more and more and more and more, and we get some sort of overarching governing body that says, these are the fundamentals that you'll adhere to. If you are an esports organization. Yep. Go. No. Yeah. We need essentially what, um, what you're saying, what wrestling did, what, what, uh, what was it? Was it football that also did it? Basketball, most like more notably. So we need we just need a bunch of different leagues with different rules and different setups and different way just ways they do the damn thing. And I think it's encouraging that right now in in the game community, there's a lot of people talking about Unity, right? And I don't mean the the programming uh, engine, and I also don't mean the Assassin's Creed game. I mean like <laughs> straight up face to face, like unity like there's there's conversations like a couple years ago we had the voice actors strike right because they wanted studios to protect them a little bit better and they want you know what i mean like the the voice actors came together and were like we're gonna go on strike for this because this is something we need fixed and then now you've got uh man you 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 rubbed off on me now my trains of thought are just like landing in different stations no um it's just a a community that's trying hard to be in one spot right and so like you've got oh that was what it was so you had the 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 voice actors strike you've got people bringing up unionization like crazy across the board and this is all you know game development um side of things right but game developers are trying to get unions to protect them so that they can do stuff. So they're coming together to do that. We're having a huge conversation about cross-play because everyone just wants to fucking play together. So and so I think that was actually, that's a big... Yeah, go ahead, finish up. 
No, go ahead. No, no, no. I think I think that's a big point into what might make esports um, successful. And I think you're right. I think putting together an organization that puts on all the tournaments, right? Call it the Evo tournament, but like it's it's put together by United States Esports Association, right? It doesn't even have to be it doesn't even have to be one governing body, right? There's not one governing body that manages all of the sports you know, globally, right? There's the NFL, you know, associate, there's the NFL players. Ah, like game specific. Yeah. Game specific. Because I don't think, I don't necessarily think a fighting game standard is going to, you know, the national boxing association has a set of requirements for boxers, right? The MMA has a set of requirements for boxers. You know, I think, I think it lends itself to that. There just needs to be some standardization on, you know, you've got, you know, you've got guys that run teams and start teams that are, you know, you know, in their you know their 20s and their 30s and they're still in that brash just i'm going to say whatever the fuck i want phase and the, the rest of the world can burn yeah. uh and you know they're getting well, that's a, what happens when you're in your 30s and you get the dream job right um you know, and you, games. And, yeah you get to play video games for a living and you get to stand around and extensively say i'm a coach for an esports team um uh, but i think it's it's a matter of and going back to your point there I don't want to, you know, harp on cloud gaming and, you know, cro- uh, you know, cross-platform play again, but that I think that is the first step to the quote-unquote governing body, right? Is sure. you you will have, you know, with the next generation of consoles. Um, I, I don't know if we brought it up last week, but I think I think it happened in between podcasts where where Bethesda essentially told Sony to kick rocks. We're not releasing this shit. Um, you know, the next Elder Scrolls will not be on your console unless there's cross-platform play. Right. Oh, they didn't say that. They weren't that bold. <laughs> or, no, what was it? It was the card game. Sorry, not. Uh, it was their card the game. Card yeah. Game. If if Bethesda was like Elder Scrolls will not be on PlayStation if it's not backwards compatible, people would have fucking lost their shit. Right. We would have uh, had a we would have had a statement from Sony within twelve hours. <laughs> right. Um. But you know, I think that type of drastic measure. But I think as we get the as cloud computing and you know the networks improve and you know streaming games to a, any device becomes a thing. That becomes your unifying factor because now the wars of Sony fanboys, Microsoft fanboys, and PC uh, the PC master race guys they they disappear. Right now Turns, it's now all of them. no 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 no. We got some we got some very <laughs> okay. loyal listeners in here that are that. Um, but my point is is that becomes your unifying overarching layer, right, of connecting everyone. Now it doesn't matter if you're the best on xbox or the best on playstation or the best on pc it just becomes you are part of the best you are on this leaderboard you're invited to this tournament it's a whole different bag of tricks when you come when it comes to yeah 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 yeah. um when it comes to financing uh those (laughs) types of things (laughs) because a lot of those uh a lot of the tournaments are still very much financed by player buy-in tournament entry fees you know, things like yeah, that yeah, yeah. and then are crowdsourced. And if you look at the Dota, you know, world championships, that is still very, there's no financial, there's no financial backing in that. Nobody's putting up a prize. Yes. They're paying for that with sponsors and things like that, but that's all crowd driven, uh, sponsor driven. Right. Um, so sure. I think, I think that's, that's an interesting, you know, interesting path. And once we get to that sense of complete unity or complete level playing field across all, you know, it's, it's no longer about, you're an Xbox fan or a PlayStation fan. I'm a this game fan or this game fan on this console. It plays better here. It just plays. And now you've got 
the top layer over here just because that's the an input device that he prefers it's, right it's it's gonna it's gonna even out and then give the opportunity for those overarching governing organizations to kind of come in and say okay now we have to standardize and say you know you can't be a fuck nut on twitter and do dumb shit yeah yeah um so we've talked a lot about uh some of the things that we think are gonna you know lead towards esports becoming a bigger thing but i i wanted to talk about what what games that exist now hmm i guess i'll make this two parts so there's two answers um what game exists now that is not played in an esports environment that you think should be that's a that's one it's the first the second is <clears throat> what things do you want to see made as esports? So those are they're, they're different questions, and I, I know I worded them poorly. The first one specifically: what exists now that's not played competitively as much as at the esport level that you think should be. The second one is if you had to make a game yourself, and you were specifically making it to be an esport, what elements would you add to it? And I think through that second part of the conversation, we can kind of figure out what we both think, you know, is important to being a successful esport. We should pre, <laughs> we should prerequisite this whole part of this conversation by saying neither of us are experts. So if you feel like commenting, I played please in a, do. We'll I played work in a, it in. I played in a Halo tournament or two in my day. Oh shit! Maybe um, maybe he's a professional, but no, that's it. Definitely not. My mom wouldn't um, let me go out after after dark <laughs> during during Halo tournaments. Um, man, I'm just thinking back to when uh, when uh, land cafes were like starting to become a thing uh, in the states. So what happened to them? I want them back. Um, well, I mean, there's no need for them, right? Um, yeah, sure. We do. It's like we didn't just talk about it. So, God, what game? What game not played? I. I don't have an answer for that. I think all the genres of games, even single player games are represented in some way, even speed running. Right. Um, I would, mm-hmm, sure. I think if I had to say anything, I would like to see the live service games start to get a little bit more play. Right. I think it would be really interesting because those mm. worlds lend themselves to it. Let's go back to destiny, for example. Oh, right? weird. I didn't think that was going to happen. Let's go back to Destiny, for example. <laughs> Destiny has a built-in competitive mode, right? But then it has this overarching world. So now when you add clan support on top of that, now all of a sudden your clan has this unbelievable badass Crucible team, right? So now there's right. this world that exists where all of a sudden your Guardian enters in a... Re- so this answers both questions simultaneously. All of a sudden, oh boy. all of your, you know, your, your PVP tournaments, right? Um, right. And this, this could work for an MMO uh, as well, right? Um, your PVP tournaments are set up in a way that you walk into an arena and you're now entered, if you're not competing, you're entered into a spectator mode, right? Where you're sitting in this, yeah, that's awesome. this virtual stadium um, and this is getting into the VR realm, right? Which is, I, I, hundred percent see this happening in 10, 15 years. Uh, once VR takes off ready player one style, where you're actually going into an arena and you're able to spectate in this way, or maybe there's not even an arena. You just say, I want to, spectate no, fuck that. Way. I'm not going to an arena. I'm sitting and doing that. Right. 
Um, no, you're not going to an arena in the in the virtual in the physical. You're going into an arena in the virtual, right? You're, you're... Oh, I thought you meant like people go to an arena and throw on a VR headset. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was you're, like, no, you're, that's you're going dumb. you're going into an arena in the virtual, or you're just entering spectator mode for this match, and you're able to fly yeah, around awesome. the battlefield and and you're listening to the announcer in your ear, but you have a set of controls. I think Destiny could potentially do something like that i think the really cool thing is now all of a sudden you have the ability with games like destiny with games like uh, world of warcraft mmos um stuff like that to say okay now we've got this clan and we have this subset of people that are our tournament team of this clan so they get special rights to customize their gear they get a you know a quote-unquote jersey uh there's special gear yeah. that you win in these tournaments uh, yeah so i think I think that satisfies both of your questions. Next, wit hmm. ne next witness. It didn't. It didn't answer the second one. I don't think. Like, if you were going to make a game, if what I, kind of game do you want to see made in esports? I because I think we have enough battle royales. Also, I didn't talk about this earlier, but I love the fact that someone at three four three in an interview. And when asked about Battle Royale, said the only BR we're, con we're concerned with in Halo Infinite it's is the Battle, the battle Rifle. rifle. <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm so down for that. Like, yep. I, I love, I don't get me wrong. We, we Everyone that listens to this, um, whether it's live or outside of Twitch, knows that we're huge fans of PUBG. And that we're super, super excited for what we're going to get out of Battlefield 5. Uh, oops, yeah, I was right. Battlefield 5. Yeah. Um, I almost said Battlefield 1. And yeah, it's not right. It works. Um, but we're 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 super uh <laughs> Ex excited. Yeah, we're super excited. We're super excited about that stuff. Yeah. I, um I go ahead, go ahead. I you know, I don't know what type of game I would create um to that to become an esport. Uh, I re I really don't. If I had to, you know, that's kind of like asking me what my favorite superhero is. You know, who my favorite superhero is. You know, how do I gauge? You know, what <laughs> what is important to me in that aspect? Uh, um, easy, Batman. There's no there's no question, Batman, because he isn't a superhero. <laughs> right. Um, um, I would say. Iron oh shit! Man, you know what? Because I like the you, edge that Tony Stark brings. Yeah. Over. I mean, they're, they're the same. Point. They're the same guy. Just, right. Uh, Iron or. Uh, yeah, Iron Man's not as reserved as Batman. Right. That's just because Batman's an introvert sociopath. Yep. Um, real quick, I want to interrupt you. I remember what I was getting at. Um, we love PUBG. We love battle royale modes, and they all they all super excite us. And like more games talking about it is great. But it, I don't know if I'm already tired of companies making them. But I'm tired of the idea that everyone needs that. And I think I have to apologize because I think a few po podcast episodes ago, I was like, it's going to become a new game mode. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about that now. You're right. Like, I think it could be a new game mode. But if it was going to be a new game mode, I'm going to adjust my camera because I just adjusted where I'm sitting. Um, I think it could be a new game mode. But if it's going to be a new game mode, then people need to stop talking about it like it's the new hot shit. Because it's not... <laughs> It's it's been a thing for about a year now. Um, no, more than a year, like a year and a half now. Um, which is why I said I was excited about Halo not having 
Yeah, I Battle Royale. I don't Yeah, I don't think it's something that and we talked about this on the Battle Royale episode, right? Is it's I think it's one of those things where does every game is every game going to be served by it? No. Absolutely can, not. Yeah. Can games be successful with a Battle Royale mode? Sure they can. Sure. Um but I don't think it's necessarily that. I'm not necessarily tired of the BR mode. I think of all the different types of modes, like if you think about and you know going back to going back to um, you know taking it back to like Call of Duties, right? Like I hated, sure, I hated Search and Destroy. It was my least favorite mode um, because because I did not like the way that that I don't I didn't like the speed in which the mode was played in a very arcade style twitch shooter where the whole point is to rack up points, right? Um, right. Uh, I, I, I like the, you know, if you're, if you're going to do something like that, I feel there should be a much more tactical element to it, um, which is what I like about the BR modes, um, you know, specifically PUBG, Fortnite with its moment-to-moment gameplay, uh, some of the mm-hmm. other ones I've tried. You know, there's a much more tactical element to things where it is, oh, shit, I have a mini Uzi. This guy has an uh, AKM. How am I going to approach this situation? Am I going to try and cut through the building? Well, he's going to hear me coming. Am I going to sit in a corner? Yeah. Um, Get close range. That's yeah. the only option you've how, got. How am I going to? How, yeah. How am I going to close the distance on this guy? Um, which I think that moment-to-moment gameplay is much more exciting for me um, in that game mode. But I agree with you. I don't think every game needs it. Going back to your original question, what type of game? <laughs> Diversions. Would I? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Diversions or distractions? I don't know which. A little bit of both. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I'm i not sure. I would I would probably say I would create something like what I just talked about. And I know that might seem like a little bit of a cop-out, but I would create a shooter that allowed, that kind of has like what Darwin Project does, right? Where I, uh, it has a rock-solid spectator mode that allows for that audience interaction. Um, yep. Which I think is what is missing right now, right? Is... These tournaments that we watch, specifically with PUBG, Fortnite, you know, any type of shooter game, we're reliant on the caster to show us the moment-to-moment combat. And there's so many things yeah. that are maybe missed, or maybe I don't give a shit about watching anybody play, but my favorite, my favorite streamer, my favorite esports guy, my favorite team. So giving us the ability to have some sort of application that allows you to be there, you can still listen to the cast so you know what's going on, but opening up those spectator tools to the public to allow them to jump in and do that. I would probably, that would probably, it wouldn't be, it would be a shooter for sure. Um, with that type of spectating capability where it's the arena style and walk again and I'm able to watch everything. Happen. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have to be a shooter, but it's definitely arena style. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm super with you on that. I don't know if it would be as, um, I don't even, I don't know if it needs to be as interactive as it is the Darwin project, right. Where like, um you get to vote no you know i like votes but i think it would be great if you know you're watching uh an esport version of we'll say darwin project just because it's the one that like you said is closest to doing it Mm -hmm. um and if you if you it's just asking a lot right and i think that's the issue that esports is running into right now is to get bigger, I think it needs to ask a bit more of its community than most sports had to to get started. But what I was going to say is, it'd be nice if there was a way to integrate cell phones 
into the crowd's participation, right? Because if, if you have to, right now you can vote while watching Darwin Project because you can click on it or you can go over with your controller and, and do stuff like that. But I think for those, for games like that, um, and I guess specifically this is just Royale mode stuff, I think player, or sorry, um, viewer interaction is important. And I think the best way to do that would be to literally put it in everyone's hands, right? Yeah. Most people look all the way to their phones while they're watching something, you know, like 60% of the time well, they're watching let's, it anyway. Let's take, so I got a great example of that. Let's take that Beat Shazam show with Jamie Foxx, right? Um, yeah. My wife loves that show because she fires up the Shazam app, it hears the show playing, and then it fires up the at-home version. So now she's actually able to compete with the people on the show and so good outpick them with the songs and it works flawlessly um i've never heard any like it and and i my litmus test for this is it works so good that i've never once had to help her figure out something on the app right that's how how streamlined that is and i'm not saying my wife is you know (laughs) you know it sure sounded like it but i got i knew where you were coming from my, my, (laughs) my wife is very much not technically inclined right um with things yeah um so you know that's kind of the litmus test that i use is you know and i even do this with stuff at work when i'm putting together a technical document i'll run it past her so she can look at it if she understands it then the mark you know the people that i work with the marketers that aren't as technical will understand it um because she has no industry knowledge at all in what i do um but yeah i think uh, i'm with you i think the the more you can get the audience engaged the faster you get the audience hooked into something that they can participate in as well um, but then, you know, sticking with pop culture references, do we end up with the running man? Um, <laughs> yeah, or, it's, um, uh, or the gamer. Oh no, no. I think that's, I think it's just called gamer. Cause that sounds like something that, uh, oh God, Gerard Butler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like something Gerard Butler would, would star in. <laughs> he did. Oh, a movie called gamer. Oh. No. It sounds like this movie is for him. It must be something that's just for him. Yeah, I, um, I like Gerard Butler as an actor, but man, that movie was just like, oof. Yeah, it's not great. Mm-mm. And that's, man, that's a whole other conversation about video. A, movies representation of video games and B, movies adapted from video games. Oof, we should have a conversation about that because that think shit it, is I don't, deep. I don't, no. Oh, no, wait, I was about to say Ready Player One. Um uh, but I was like, that's not a video game yet. <laughs> yet. Every episode. That's our new Fortnite. I'll give up on not wanting to say Fortnite every single week and it's still popping up. But you and Ready Player One being the near future is probably our new number one. No, 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 no. I'm uh... most quotable Eric line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm all about get that. On a, get I'm, on a T-shirt. I'm all about that future. Um. All about You're all about that what? That I'm, all, I'm all about that VR future. All about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All about it. I love it. I'm 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 on I'm on board completely. I just I'm uh, I feel like VR to me is like the switch. That's not gonna make any sense at all. Let me explain. VR to me is like the switch because I haven't yet seen one thing on VR that I'm like I have to have that. It'll it'll get there. And it justifies the cost. Yeah, it'll absolutely get there. That's why I wanted to preempt it by like And and we there was one thing I don't I don't mean it in a bad way. I just mean like so far 
there's like one or two things that seem interesting, but it hasn't sold me on like a $300 peripheral yet. Right. I think and we, that's one thing we didn't touch on in the news is NVIDIA's press conference, which I think got the most play out of any of them, which uh, sure. was... Sure. I still haven't watched the footage. I still haven't yeah, watched which, the footage. They which should which the is, uh, you know, if you're not into that type of stuff and you, I mean, he goes, uh, the CEO of NVIDIA did the whole presentation and he's a... Uh, you know, he's the, the guy who founded the company. He's still the, uh, he's still the guy who runs the company and he's very much a, he is a super geek and he spends the first 45 minutes talking about light theory in processing and what it is. <laughs> uh, and it yep. was awesome. That dude loves um, the science. Yeah. He's, he's an unbelievable nerd, the chat saying, uh, and, but he's awesome. And he's, you could tell he's passionate about it. I mean, he came out in a leather jacket. It was, and not like a, like a leather jacket from like the nineties, like something Axl Rose would have worn. Um, <laughs> oh, gross. Which is which is awesome. But he talked about it, and then he unveiled this chip, uh, or he unveiled the 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 new the new um, uh, the new the new card, right? And he started talking about this chip that they built, and this thing literally in one section of this chip has ten times the power of the 1080 Ti, which is the most powerful graphics card uh, on the planet right now. Um, so I yep. think we're gonna see with that type of pa- ca- capability. Um, we're going to see VR and once the, the, the next set of Oculus comes out, uh, I think we're going to start seeing these worlds and that's where VR competition takes a little bit of a step back. But I think also, uh, I look at VR as a way for, you know, the vast majority of, uh, you know, this is a little bit off, very optimistic, I mean, a little bit, but I see VR as a way for, um, everyone to exercise because now all of a sudden you take videos, video games for being a, static exercise a static thing yeah just sit around a, and do stuff to a full now body motion thing um everything yeah. no i know I, I, i'm not getting R- my hopes R-I-P up connect. i know it's your realm um, r.i.p connect yeah well r.i.p connect was something that should have been said the second the idea came up um <laughs> so man we were really good at tangents we should just change brownie board into tangent board tangentially tangent board yeah um, I <laughs> believe it or not, while you've been talking, I've been trying to figure out the question, the answer to the question I asked you. Yeah, see, not that easy. I, I don't. Huh? No, it's not. I don't know why I came up with it. Normally, when a person they want you to hear the answer, yep. and I did not do that this time. I'm just like, wait, I don't know how to. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a. Um... God, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, <laughs> good night, everybody. That's it, guys. That's the, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> tip, tip, tip your weight, staff. We'll be here all week. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think to answer the second question, um, because that's the only one I kind of have a, a setup for, I think you're right in that crowd uh, participation is a big deal. I think the number one thing, though, and I know I probably said that crowd participation is like the number one, but I think the actual number one thing is got to be a way to figure out a, a perfect synergy between complexity and what's going on without alienating an uninformed audience, right? Like I can take someone to a, a St. Louis Cardinals game who's never watched baseball, and in the beginning, in the first three outs of the first inning, I can normally talk them through just about everything that's going to happen for the next two and a half hours, right? And then they can follow along and ask a couple questions. Overwatch is like sitting down the entire time, not knowing what's going on, 
asking what's going on to the person next to you and then being like, it's Overwatch. And then you having to do the rest of it on your own. It's just so much. And I think it's important that esports find a way to, or games find a way if they are looking into being an esport. I, I think it's important they find a way to. Um... <laughs> I'm just laughing at the chat. Um... Oh, someone booed at me for being a Cardinals fan. Oh, oh well. They're kicking everyone's ass, so suck a dick. Um, Yikes. That escalated <laughs> quickly. Um, I almost said break your dick off, which is way worse. Way worse. I said it anyway. So. Yikes. No, um, fuck, I forgot what I was talking about. No, I think Damn it. You, you were making a – you were you, – you, no, that's not better. Oh, he's um, a Cubs fan. Um, I, I can peacefully disagree with you. Not everyone's perfect. Um, Sorry. Moving on. I'm an Orioles fan, so I'm really fucked. Um, why you live in Texas? Is it a color scheme thing? I grew up in Baltimore. Oh, well, that makes sense. That's literally the only way it would have sense. Yep. I should have thought I'm about also, that. Anyway, I'm also, I'm also a Ravens fan. So, um, that makes sense. Anyway, brand so, loyalty. This guy. I think, I think w- the point you're making is that I, but I think that's the, I think the audience interaction piece is, um, I'm, I am also a fan of Oreos. Um, I think the interaction. I think the. I think the interaction piece is how you get over that, right? If you've got a device in your hand and you're able to get some sort of explanation or real time announcing or something like that, you're not. You're going to be much more inclined to like hang out with it and stick with it because you're able to interact, right? Like, I don't watch that Shazam show because I enjoy it. Um, I, I mean, you watch I, it because your wife tells you to. No, I watch I'm it because kidding. I'm just because kidding. Because I watch it because it's it's something we can watch with the kids, right? Um, Jamie Foxx is, I think, inter- he's entertaining as shit. Um, you know, he's a great guy. Um, but I said that like I know him. Yeah, I yeah. Don't. Let me, let, he hey, seems let, like a great guy. Hey, Jamie, let me give you a call real quick. Um, <laughs> Someday. God, yeah, that would be amazing if somehow he tweeted at us. Never mind. Uh, let's not go there. Uh, you knock on wood because he was going to until you said something. About I know, right? Um, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to hear from Chris Pratt for my son's birthday next weekend. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers uh, crossed. But I think that's how you bridge that gap for the people who don't understand necessarily what's going on is with that interactivity, giving them a way to get into the hype, gives them uh, something to connect with the person they're next to that's totally into it. When they can sit there and they can say, "Okay, here's this really simple user experience where I'm able to interact uh, and do something." You yep. know, one thing, and I know we're getting close close to time, but um, one thing we have yet to touch on here, which I think is a big part of this, is all of the more scandalous shit around esports. Not necessarily scandalous, right? Because uh, when there's... Oh, are, you com- meaning, um, are you meaning like microtrans or something? No, like not that? microtransaction. I mean like the gambling, right? The 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 skin trade and the, the skin trade. That sounded really bad. The skin yeah, trading, dude, I was like, wait, the, skin trade? Hold yeah, on, how did we get trading. here? Uh, <laughs> the skin <laughs> trading, the the item selling, and you know the stuff like that, where you've got these CSO guys, the the, C, the Counter Strike guys who are you know auctioning shit off, and you know stuff like that. I think that's a really interesting, yeah, gambling websites that get sued, uh, they get shut down all the time because whenever there's an esports competition, you know, you can go to uh, you can go to a bookie uh, and place a bet even now. Uh, on like League of Legends competitions, my competitions, uh, Counter Strike, you know, any place there's a uh, you know a bet, 
I think that's going back to my earlier point where this is opening up a world where kid, you know, and I'm not, you know, open up a bunch of, you know, the people who are not yet green or not yet wise to the ways of the world where they're just sitting there with their parents' credit cards, not understanding what they're doing. Um, yeah, that's and good. all of a sudden losing, losing their ass off because they chose, you know, their, their favorite sports team is they're so damn loyal to, uh, cause somebody liked one of their tweets. Um, now they've lost their parents, you know, house. Yeah. I wasn't really, you know, act looking for reaction there. It's just, you know, talking. No, you're good. I uh, react if you want to. No, <laughs> I was gonna carry on, and then I, I was oh. thirsty, and I thought you'd keep oh. going, and then you fucking nope. stopped nope. dead in yep. at the end of your point, and I was like, oh, I'm currently in the middle of. Yep. I'm essentially that kid that decided to fart because the music was loud, and the music skipped right when I farted. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my life, basically. Uh, phenomenal. Um. So what do you think uh, the future, just to, to kind of wrap up the conversation, what do you think the future of esports um, maybe not is going to look like? Because you're not a prophet, unless you are. And if you if you are, don't tell me. I don't want to ruin your gifts. I don't know how that works. Um, <laughs> you get three wishes. What, uh, wait, hold on. Prophets grant three wishes? What the fuck are genies then? Questions. You get three questions. Oh, I thought you said wishes. I was like, dude, that's hold on. You got your mythology mixed up. I, I mixed did. Up. I did, and then I realized what I had done. Oh, okay, that's good. It's always good to realize when you've screwed up and to fix it yourself. Yep. Awkward pause. Oh. Continue. <laughs> no, a lot of people in America need to figure out how to do. That. Um, what was I saying? Because we talked about three separate things in our little digression, and now I'm trying to come. You were back talking about. It what the future holds i think for esports not oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah so not don't do a don't uh, try to predict the future what do you think we need to see out of esports moving forward uh even the ones that exist uh, you know like the last question was like how would you build one don't don't suggest like what they do to fix it uh to fix you know new games coming out what do you think that games like dota and overwatch and you know league of legends games that typically have a more niche more hardcore audience how do you how do those games appeal to the wider public or is it an issue of just like those games are always going to be niche games and big esports games just have to be different yeah i think uh, it i think those games it's the same as with real sports, right? You've got people who only watch soccer, football, right? And they could give sure. two shits less about anything, right? Those those people literally are, anything else. Yeah, those 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 people are always going to you know always going to pay attention to that sport and that sport alone, no matter how you yeah. do it, right? So I think esports needs to find their true market share in how they're communicating what their sp- what their specific genre of esport is um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think the biggest thing is is dropping the moniker esport is the biggest thing that is that, yeah that is, i don't know how uh <laughs> is going to move it into that realm because sure and we didn't touch on this much and i think this is a great way to wrap up is there's a lot of debate on is this an actual sport um, and I'm, yes. f- I'm firmly in the camp of you're damn right. It is 
because sure, 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 sure. The, the people that compete at this level, they have a, a commitment and a dedication to their craft that, yeah, they're not going out and throwing a tire over a car and lifting 500 pounds and pushing people around or, you know, working on their jump shot, but they're right. in the game all day, every day. And you watch, I mean, and you watch these guys who are professionals that stream on Twitch and they do scrims. They know every single angle of every single map of every single thing, no matter what they're doing. They understand the meta. They, uh, you know, going back, you go into MOBAs. They understand that um, is, you know, they understand that if I get this set of gear, the exact equation in their head on how much damage they're going to do, how much damage they're going to, how much damage they're going to ward off the damage that they're going to do to the enemy and what every buff is of every piece of gear in every game or every angle of every map for every shooter. Um, and all of it, which is, uh, I think absolutely qualifies as being a sport. Not only that, but you're starting to get legitimization of this, but from, you know, I met a kid, uh, who lives literally down the street from me on a flight to Chicago. Uh, the last time I was up who is starting an esports team, at one of the high schools, right? That's dope. Because yeah, there's that's an, awesome. there's an organization in Austin that will start esports teams for you, uh, or help you start an esports teams at your school. You've got Division One colleges giving these kids scholarships to come I'm, and play I'm games. Defeated. Um, I'm defeated, Eric. I'm what? defeated. What <laughs> did you say? Anything? Or did you just pause? No, I was sneezing. I don't know if you were looking at the screen. Like that was an epic. I, I, oh, oof. I just saw it. I, I might, just saw it. I might need a cig- <laughs> I, I might need a cigarette after that. Uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> I gotta go take. Bless you. Real like quick. like uh, every single vertebrae in my back just opened up and popped. Uh, and I, so I have a, a my that sounds really nice on the right side of my shoulder. Uh, I had uh, uh, when I was in uh, eighth grade, uh, I had a really nasty body check come across, and it was a cross check right into my ribs, and it cracked my shoulder blade and two of my ribs over here. Uh, so they float. So whenever I sneeze like that, it just my whole back opens up, and it is uh, for lack. Yeah, sure. It's it's orgasmic. This really is. <laughs> I think I need a cigarette. Yeah, but <laughs> but like I was saying, is I think it's it's. Open. I just snorted, son of a bitch. <laughs> not better um sorry go on go on but i think it's it's the rise of it's twofold right it's 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 getting those staying in their lanes and marketing better in in their lanes and making sure that you know that it is it's audience interactivity right bringing the audience giving them more ways to be part of you know what it is whether that's experiences like the nfl experience or shit like that um and then making sure that the athletes that these guys are they're not, they're not athletes in the traditional sense of you know they're lifting weights and pushing guys around like i was saying but they're athletes in the sense that the dedication to their craft is olympian right i mean these guys are right. countless hours every day uh guys and girls uh are countless hours every day um honing their craft and becoming the absolute best that they can uh formulating strategies and they breathe this shit and i think that's the biggest thing going back to my original statement is Dropping the esports off of it and just making them sports is the biggest thing because I think that draws a, a negative line. The second you hear esports, it goes into the realm of you, your mindset. If you're somebody on the outside that is interested in this topic, you're already not looking oh, at it as real. you're already looking yeah. at it as ah shit, this doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. 
Man, we did a lot of talking about a lot of stuff. We did. We danced around a bit. Esports are interesting, man. There's a lot of stuff that like could be fixed. There's a lot of stuff that may be beyond fixing. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that's like, yo, we're so close to being able to just have this on TV. So you turn on the TV and you've got an esport on it, right? It's like, on, I mean, it's already, on it's already starting to happen. I know. Yeah, I know. But I mean, like more widespread. I, it's, I think it's on the verge of just being like a thing. You turn on the TV this night to see this team on this game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, furthermore, I think esports need to start. So this is almost specifically in reference to Owl, the Overwatch League. Um, I roll. Oof, sorry, my phone just vibrated. That sucks. Oh, I thought you were that kid um, that farted when the music got quiet. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> anyway. That's what it was. Um, <clears throat> no. Uh, oh, my God. What was I talking about? Words. Why am I so f- absent-brained right now? I don't know. Jeepers. Christ. What was I saying? No, Do I you didn't. remember what I was saying? No. Sorry. No, oh, hit the rewind gone. button. It's gone. Chat, tell me what I was just talking about. Please it, tell me someone in chat was paying it, attention. It, it was, you were you were closing it out with, you know, what you think, where you think eSports should go based on my comment of they need to drop the E. <laughs> Yikes. You got a lot of editing um, to do on this one. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. Um, like I said, I'm moving, so my brain is as compartmentalized as all these boxes. Uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. There's a esports are just they're so close, they're so close, and I I don't know exactly what it's gonna take for them to hit that that moment where you know you don't see Colin Cowherd on ESPN being like, if they make me cover this, I quit. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it's generational. I don't know if, because you know, every sport had to have people when it started that was like, they're just throwing a ball and hitting it with a stick or they're just throwing a ball and running into each other. Um, or they're throwing a ball into a basket. Like all that stuff is kind of dumb, but as time has progressed, it's become more complex. And now there's just, there's people that podcast Every day, have radio shows every day, and all they do is talk sports. Yeah, and like, I think I think you've said it right. Is it's a cultural thing, right? As this generation of kids starts to grow up, and these opportunities present themselves, yeah, we're gonna see innovation in the industry. We're gonna see people coming up with new ideas, new ways to do things. We're gonna see people coming out of college, you know, who have these ideas on how to run this stuff. Who their entire life has been dedicated. You know, they've had. I didn't. You know, I didn't have gaming. I was of the generation that the first, the the one of the last generations that did not have consoles their entire lives, right? Um, or a gaming sure. or a gaming machine their entire lives. You're right. When you know, when I was born, the Nintendo wasn't even a thing. The Atari was around, um, but it, that was looked at as a that was looked at as a oh look at this little oh there's dots on the screen. And then Nintendo kind of jumped that gap, and it was it wasn't until I think the original Xbox and the PlayStation Two 
where this really started. You saw the, you know, radio visual, you saw the, you know, the curve kind of go like this and then you saw it start to go up again. And then with every year and every launch cycle, it's become more and more and more. And now that you've got phones and you've got a thing in your hand that can produce graphics better than that original generation of consoles, even the second or third generation of consoles, the iPhone, the Android devices, the iPads, the tablets are capable of more powerful graphics. Yeah, yeah. Those kids are now going to grow up. They're going to start entering the industry, and we're going to see a lot of innovation. And we're going to start seeing that old mentality get wiped off the face, uh, wiped out, and just phased out. Of, <laughs> um, I love just wiped off the face. Wiped off the face. Um, just get wiped that, off the face, that, man. That old mentality of, oh, shit, well, these people are – this is obviously not a sport. Uh, where, where these kids are growing up and this is all they know. And I, I, I'll point at that Jace Hall thing again, and I have to find it and send it to you, where he's talking about just because your kid's playing video games is not mean they're going to grow up and just play video games. It may spark a love of something such as yes. art design, yes. development, production, business I mean, look at, in look that at industry. Us. Yeah. Look at us. Like yep. we're, uh, we're part of the like vanguard. Right. And I don't even I don't even know if if that's completely accurate, but I think it's pretty close. Like, I think people that are playing games now that are between the ages of 26 and, and 36 are are people that are the first stage of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're the first living proof for parents that bought their kids a Genesis that like playing games doesn't mean melting your brain rotting your brain or whatever you know whatever doctors used to tell their their uh the parents that they that they came in that like be careful this game like that we're the first line of uh we're the first generation of proof that that's not true uh the fact that the game journalism industry is as big and as respectable as it is now Mm. right the fact that game studios are as big as they are the fact that games are getting onto espn the way they are um and then like specifically me and you right like just two guys that have been playing games for 20 years and now we're like trying to make something out of it by podcasting about it and by writing about it mm-hmm. um and i yeah you're absolutely right my daughter like I, even my brother who's 18 who's almost 10 years younger than me it hasn't had a console his whole life mm-hmm. um cuz you know he was born in 2000 so you know, his first five years, six years of his life, like there were systems probably around, but like my daughter, um, and I would I imagine as just the same, your kids, uh, like were born into a home that had a console. And like they it's just a, a it's just a part of life for them. So it's not gonna be yeah, I'm just a long well, form agreeing with. You. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's not even that, right? And this will be my this will be my final thought until we, until we move into the wrap up. Is it's both of my kids have iPads, right? And both of my kids are now learning through gaming. You know, a yeah. specific example of this is my son, who is beyond obsessed with dinosaurs. At three, four years old, in two weeks, he is. Now he can name every dinosaur by sight and not, oh, that's a T-Rex. He can flat out say that's a Tyrannosaurus. And he can pronounce dinosaurs that I have no idea how to pronounce their names. That's um, awesome. And he's how also, he's going to be four in two weeks, right? So yeah. my point at the oh, end yeah, of, you just said that. Yeah, my, yeah <laughs> callback um, to yeah. 30 seconds ago. The, uh, 
the the other thing is is he wanted to play the the Lego Jurassic World game, so we got it for him on his iPad. That's a game that is way above uh way above his uh way above his age range as far as what the, it says, but he has f- figured it out with very little help from us the controls, how to play the game. He's solving yeah. the, he's solving the puzzles. So that's my point. My kids are not the exception. They're kind of the rule. Like all everybody, all kids. And that's where they're gonna be the first generation of kids that are device agnostic when it comes to gaming. My daughter, whenever yeah. she tries to play Xbox with me, does not like the way the controller feels because it's not as intuitive to her as actually physically moving and touching which is where that yeah. their generation is going to go. They're going to be a generation of kids who grow up where tactile feedback and responsiveness and control is based on what they can do with their fingers and their hands versus the two sticks in your thumbs or the, you know, keys on a keyboard. Yep. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um and, and it's that- amazing. It's amazing how fast young people, uh young children pick up technology. Mhm. Like Man, watching a full adult struggle with figuring out how to unlock their phone and then watching my daughter like swipe across the phone and then hit the button, hit the home button and then type in numbers that she doesn't even know are numbers. Yep. She knows Um, the pattern. Yeah. She's figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Right. And she hasn't she doesn't remember the code. I don't think I've ever like used the code at home. Right. Because I can use my fingerprint. But um. The fact that like she's less than two years old and she can pick up a device and just like, oh, this is how I scroll. This mm-hmm. is how like that's weird. How do ugh. Assassin's that's, Creed is true is what I'm trying to say. Ancestral DNA memories that, are, that, are real. That's Steve Jobs guy. He was pretty good. R.I.P. Yeah. Who would have who would have known that like. Ten years after the first iPhone, like we're legitimately in a place where. Games are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he had like nothing to do with games. Yep. It's a shame to me that Apple didn't start making games. They almost did, right? Halo was a almost a, a an Apple exclusive. Oh. Right? Can you imagine? No. What Ugh. a di- what a different world this would be. <laughs> it would be 1984. <laughs> I, no, 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 not even that. I don't think. I don't think consoles would have had. Because Halo really, the original Halo was the killer app that got everybody on the console yeah. on the console bandwagon. Had had that not come out, had Microsoft not made that purchase, um, I don't. I, Who knows how Microsoft launched? Yeah, how how, how Xbox launches? I, I looking back over the last twenty years uh, or last eighteen years, I don't I don't see another game that would have that has the impact culturally. Um, uh, you know, does without that first Halo game on a console, uh, I don't think Call of Duty is the juggernaut that it is. I don't think mm-hmm. you have games like Fortnite. I don't think you end up, you know, and this is all you know speculation, but I just, you know, yeah, sure, sure. It's it's just eerie to think, you know, how fragile the space time continuum is. <laughs> yep. And and like what you're saying now, the existence of Fortnite and PUBG, and the existence of the Overwatch League, are three, I think, pillars to what 
the the tower of esports is is building itself on. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. And I remember I, I don't know if you remember as soon as PUBG came out, and this may have been a conversation I just had with friends that I don't play Xbox with. But as soon as PUBG came out, I was like, "Yo, like this could be like a a show. I would watch a show about this." Mm-hmm. Like I would watch uh, a or I mean, give it a regular sports season. However, you want to figure that out, because I don't know if PUBG works specifically for like matches. But if you were to like draw a game out, right mm-hmm. over time, because what do those games take? Like forty minutes, forty minutes. Yep. And just follow groups all over the place. Like I don't know, man. I I think PUBG and and battle royale modes lend themselves to to esports in a way that people haven't tried yet well we'll see um we will yeah see. we'll see man i could literally just yeah keep, we could we could just keep going keep snowballing yep um man yeah the the opportunities are endless right now and it's yeah, exciting it is and it's a it's a good time to to be playing games it's a good time to be talking podcasting about games uh, it's a good time for a lot of things in the game world, and that's good. Mm-hmm. So sorry I brought up some bummer political stuff. It's actually it's actually pretty great right now because I, I don't know, think people care. I don't think it's bummer. I think it's 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 part of the conversation, right? Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, so we went a little bit over. That's fine. Um, like I said, or like you've noticed, I'm sure my brain's scrambled, so I apologize for that. Um, Today was a busy day, so my bounty for the for the week is going to be a little bit interesting. Um, rather than just talking about games that I'm playing, because I'm not playing much different right now. Um, I started Invisible Ink on PlayStation 4 because it was a game with... Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a game with gold. It was a PlayStation Plus free title. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've played XCOM, it's like XCOM, but like espionage. Right. It's really great. The art style is fantastic. Um, check it out. It's called Invisible Ink. I N C like incorporated. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. It's stressful, which I realize how much I love in games. Cause like, you know, we play PUBG like crazy and, and then here's strategy based tactics games. Um, but the other thing is, and uh, this is, uh, this is fun stuff for anybody listening and for you, Eric, cause I didn't tell I didn't tell any of our friends this. Uh-oh. I interviewed at a game studio this morning. Ooh. Yeah, so there's a there's a game studio in St. Louis that um, is making uh, instructive games that teach kids how to make their own games right. and then play them on their iPad. So hey, if this ends up happening, Eric, I have a, I have a purchase. There we go. Um, but uh, yeah, I went in and today, uh, and they wanna they wanna have me back in next week. So fantastic. Well, let's not yeah, say my anymore. bounty for the week is. It's just moving on. What's up? Let's not say anymore. We don't want to jinx anything. Yeah, no, I won't say anything else. Let's leave it there. Yeah, that's that's my bounty for the week. Eric, what uh, what do you want to share with people? What was the name of the studio real quick? Ah, the studio's name is... (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Not going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. You were like, no. I was like, no. (laughs) Edge stream, stop. Recording. (laughs) Done. Um, Oh, man. Your reaction was so good. No, uh, no, no. my, um, My bounty for the week is actually... we. You guys convinced me to uh, download Battlefield Four uh, and yeah, play that. So I, fuck, I actually yeah, I forgot about that. I uh, actually enjoyed the 
the shit out of that. Um, I wish the servers were just a little bit more populated because as fun as Conquest is, it is not my uh, not my style of play. I much prefer Rush. Uh, we should try but, some Rush tonight, see if we can yeah, get a couple the, games. the Rush game mode. Um, but uh, I forgot. That game actually holds up. It does. I mean, it holds up. I, I really think it does. Really well. It's still smooth. It's still um, smooth. It's still... Uh, it was... Mechanically sound. It, the thing that still amazes me about that game is just the sheer volume of maps. Just... Uh, I think what was the number Ben said last night? 33? 33 maps. Fuck uh, me. And if you think about the scale of every one of those maps, right? I mean, they're not little endeavors. I mean, no, they are no, they're not 33 giant. Call of Duty maps. No, they are giant landscapes of with yeah, it, it's with like a 90 of Call of Duty maps. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. you know, and then just you know the the the, the uh, I always enjoy the the stat tracking in uh, it. There's something about the Battlefield franchise I really like when you get you know the ribbons they pop up and then the medals as they pop up when you're playing. You know, you get that sweet headshot. Yeah. And then it's like sniper ribbon, headshot ribbon, sniper ribbon, headshot ribbon. Yeah, um, or like the score when it's like 100 for a kill, 134 yeah. for range, 50 yep. for headshot. Yeah, oh. it's just, you know, there's something uniquely satisfying about each kill in that game. And then I liked watching how quickly in the uh, upper right-hand corner my division rank jumped back up as uh, we were playing last night. Um, yeah, based on, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went from starting in the first Conquest match to uh, division one, uh, I was in Division Eight, Texas, uh, and ended up in Division One, Texas, <laughs> last so, night. So I was uh, really happy with that. Anyway, yeah, 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 I forgot we I forgot about Battlefield Four. We've been having a lot of fun with that. Yep. Um, <laughs> I will say, if you didn't play Battlefield Four before, be prepared for a tough learning curve. Yep. It's not that the game is hard to master because it's a shooter, but boy have we encountered some people that just have never stopped playing battlefield yep. 4 <laughs> ever ever a couple of couple of games we got fucking stomped by guys that like just didn't die yep. they just flew a, a helicopter around the, yep. the entire game yeah which i don't know how that's fun but you know teach their own yeah that's a good point i get that would that would get boring real fast yeah. but you know to uh, each his own exactly what you said yeah i'm not a pilot uh by any means no no and for the record, every time Ben hops in a fucking plane while we're trying to push a point, I'm like, great. <laughs> Thanks for the help. Yep. Well, until, <laughs> he gets the, until he gets the plane there and, you know, carpet bombs the whole area. But I digress. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Battlefield's great. It is. And um, I'm looking forward to Battlefield 5. Yes. Very much don't, so. Don't, don't worry about the, the lack of hype that people are saying it has and, and lack of pre-orders. I have a feeling that this is a Battlefield that's going to come out. People are going to get their hands on and uh, it's going to blow people away. Yep. We'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Uh, thanks so much, guys, for listening. Uh, sorry that it's been a little scatterbrained. Uh, my day has been crazy, as uh, I just spoke about. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, sometimes you have weeks that aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, truth. You know, <laughs> it's truth. Uh, but my name is Caleb. Um, you can find me everywhere it matters as uh love web l-u-b-w-u-b uh send me a friend request on xbox if you want i'll play some games or on playstation we'll play something uh eric where can people hunt you down and find you in the social space uh at the uh at hyberglass slash hyberglass um everywhere 
and then uh, you know, hopefully, uh, here in uh, the next week or two, uh, we will have some new uh, some new branding uh, around our faces and our channel. Uh, Very nice. I've got a uh, a buddy of mine uh, redoing some of my overlays and whatnot. Uh, cool. He's gonna he's just doing the PSDs, and then I'm gonna animate uh, on top of them just because I don't have time to do all of the graphic design these days. Um, so I gave him the idea and he's, he's running with it. So I'm excited. Nice. Some early exciting. So it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. Cool. And we're going to start experimenting with those next week. You said, uh, hopefully we shall see. Cool. It's all dependent on his, uh, I've, I'm not unhappy with my overlays. I just, uh, am itching for, uh, something a little bit, uh, a little bit cleaner, a little bit version two, yeah. if you will. Yeah. A little bit of 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, Next week, uh, there's a good chance that we're going to talk about VR and bring our buddy in. Um, there's also a chance we might have a fourth guest. Ooh. Yeah, unannounced. Um, I'm working on that, and and uh, we'll see how that works out. I will also be recording from a new location. Oh, is this is this a legitimate guest? Like, um, it's not like a it's not like a a big, big big guest. Got to start somewhere. Um, but it. But it is a friend of mine that does work at a game studio and has worked on games for the last couple of years. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be good to have a couple people come in and talk. Nor myself are super experienced with it. Um, so, yeah, look forward to next week because we've got some cool stuff brewing and uh, my camera feed will show a different background because I'll be in a different place. My camera feed will not show a different background. I might angle the camera differently but it'll be cool that's <laughs> all i got take yeah it's all right take us home it's late thanks so much guys for listening uh check us next week listen to the podcast uh when it comes out on itunes stitcher and a bunch of other ones uh on monday they are coming out on monday at 11 that way you can start your week with our sweet dulcet tones mm, yes but thanks so much guys and we will both catch you next week later peace